This podcast is brought to you by Bruner Communications, your best resource for public speaking, presentation, and storytelling skills. Visit lizbruner.com and take your skills to the next level. Are you bored, feeling stuck, even disengaged from your work and your life and can't figure out how to get started again? My guest today not only figured out how to get unstuck in her own life, she's been helping other people figure that out and develop more of their potential for more than 20 years. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Live Your Best Life with Liz Bruner. I'm Liz, and I'm very excited to have joining me today Whitney Johnson, an expert at smart growth leadership, whether in your professional or your personal life. Whitney, welcome to the show. Oh, Liz, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. And I'm delighted to have you. You and I share a similar philosophy that a job for life has long been outdated, and you yourself (laughs) have held various jobs that have all brought you to this stage of your life. Today, you're known as a world-class leadership speaker, frequent lecturer for Harvard Business School's Corporate Learning. You have 1.8 million followers on LinkedIn. Did you ever imagine when you started on LinkedIn that you would be at this level? My goodness, 1.8 million followers? No, I did not. But I am (laughs) delighted that it ended up that way. (laughs) It's astounding. I need to also add that you are an award-winning author of a number of best-selling books. But getting here has been anything but ordinary or perhaps expected. You started out as a secretary on Wall Street. Walk us through some of your journey because it is fascinating. My journey is is that I graduated from college in music, something that I know you are familiar yes, with. And you and I both. <laughs> you sing, I play the piano, so we need to do a duet at some point. I'd love to. <laughs> you know, after graduating, I, I didn't actually know what I wanted to be when I grew up, but I had moved to New York with my husband who was getting his PhD at Columbia, and someone needed to put food on the table, and it turned out it was me because he was in school. I got the best job that I could get at the time, being a music major, really not having a lot of confidence, also being a female. And so that job was as a secretary working for a Wall Street broker. But one of the things that happened for me is as I would go to work every day and I would sit across from this bullpen of young male stockbrokers saying things like, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that you should be investing in this stock and throw down your pom-poms and get in the game. And At first, I was offended because I was a cheerleader in high school, but (laughs) (laughs) after hearing this over and over again, I just thought, I need to throw down my pom-poms and I need to get in my game. I started taking business courses at night, accounting, finance, economics, and I had a boss who believed in me, who gave me Mm -hmm. a shot. And I was able to move from a secretary to investment banker and Did that for several years and then became an equity analyst. And there's more of a story because I got disrupted, basically shoved into equity analysis, but then just moved along, had some children, left Wall Street, ended up working with Clayton Christensen at the Harvard Business School, came to find out that he is well known for a theory called the theory of disruption. And I realized that this theory didn't just apply to products and services as we were using it for investing, mm-hmm. that in fact, it applied to people and that all along I had been disrupting myself. And so yeah. I ended up writing a book about that. Indeed. That's it in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Well, I, I need to tell people too, though, that those eight years that you were on Wall Street, you were an award-winning analyst. 
and you did feel like there was something more for you to do. And you did have a number of other jobs. You produced a TV show. You wrote a children's book. You co-founded a hedge fund. Obviously learning a lot through all of those experiences. You have said, if as an individual you've reached a plateau or you suspect you won't be happy at the top rung of the ladder you're climbing, you should disrupt yourself for the same reasons that companies must, because starting to coast is a bad idea. (laughs) Comfort zones are the bane of growth. Whitney, how did you get out of your own comfort zone? Because that is scary for a lot of people. You know, I I think a lot about this theory called the jobs to be done theory. And it basically says that whenever you hire a job, hire a career, you're hiring it to do a functional job and an emotional job. So in my case, working on Wall Street as an equity analyst, it was doing the functional job of putting food on the table and being able to make a living. But it stopped doing the emotional job of I didn't feel like I was continuing to grow. I didn't feel like there was growth upside for me anymore. And so I think one of the things that happens is that when we get to the top rung of a ladder, um, or what I call the top of an S-curve, that plateau can become a precipice. But the reason that we disrupt ourselves is because we say to ourselves, I can either get pushed off of this or I could jump. And more importantly, more fundamentally, more deep-bellied, there's some sense in us that there is something else for us. If we don't keep climbing, if we don't jump to a new curve, we will die inside a little bit. Mm. There are a lot of things that can be challenging in life, but one of the most difficult or most traumatic things for me would be feeling like I was stuck and I couldn't keep growing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why we disrupt ourselves is that growth is our default setting. It's this imperative that we have. And so we we disrupt because we want to grow. Well, speaking of disruption, you are the CEO of Disruption Advisors, which was named by Inc. as a 5,000 2020 fastest growing private company in America. And you have also been named one of the 50 leading business thinkers in the world. Congratulations on all of that. And your new book, which you just mentioned a moment ago, is titled Smart Growth, How to Grow Your People to Grow Your Company. I've been reading it and so much of it resonates for me, Whitney. I love it. Mm. Share with our listeners first, what is your definition of smart growth? And then we'll get into the S-curve. Well, I will tell you in just a second, but I need to pause because I think it's so interesting when someone repeats your credentials back to you. Do you ever look at yourself and go, wow, that sounds so impressive. And yet what you, you almost have this out of body experience. Like, is she really talking about me? I'm really talking about you, Whitney. Yes. <laughs> I think it's probably the way that you're saying it, Liz. You made me sound very impressive. So thank you for that. So smart growth is this idea of understanding where you are in your growth. If you think about a smart device, like, you know, your, your smart watch, I've got a whoop on my wrist. It tells you what's happening with your heart rate, how much sleep you're getting, how well you concentrate, what your steps are. And once you know where you are, you've got that information, then you know what's next. You know what you need to do. Like, I want to lower my heart rate or I want to increase my heart rate variability, for example. What smart growth is, is you understand in any given role, in any given project, where are you in your growth? Are you just beginning? Are you starting to peak? And we talk about the S-curve in just a second. But once you know where you are, then that gives you information. And it, mm-hmm. and then you can start to take steps to continue to build momentum regardless of where you are in that growth. Mm. Which really leads us nicely into the S-curve of learning. And in your book, you write that every new skill learned, every challenge faced, takes the form of a distinct learning curve. 
And mm-hmm. I liken it to connecting the dots. And when I'm working with my own clients on how to connect those experiences, connecting those dots so that I can help them figure out their next chapters, your S-curve is really that map that helps connect mm-hmm. those experiences, that models personal growth. It's a jump start to smart growth journey. And you talk about in the book, the three points on the S curve, the launch point, the sweet spot, and then the mastery or the high end, and then the six stages of those three points. So can you talk us through a little bit of that? The S curve is something that was popularized by um, Everett Rogers over 60 years ago, and he used it to understand how groups changed, um, how quickly innovations would be adopted. And the big insight for me, the big aha that I had was that the S-curve could also help us understand what growth looks like. And so it could help us model personal growth, how individuals change. That was a big insight for me. And for everybody in your brain, as you're thinking for just a second, I want you to take your finger and, and draw from the left to the right. That is the base of the S. That's that launch point. And what's happening there is that growth is, is happening, but it's not yet apparent. So it's going to feel very slow. And there are two stages at that launch point. There's the explorer phase of, oh, I'm on a brand new curve. Maybe you chose to be here. Maybe you didn't choose to be here. (laughs) Do I want to be here? (laughs) Exactly. Do you know, I'm on this desert island. Do I want to get off this desert line immediately or do I want to stay a little bit longer? And then you're going to go to that collector phase if you decide to stay longer and gathering evidence of like, can I get the resources that I need in order to be successful in this particular role, this project, this job, et cetera. And if you can gather those resources, then you're going to move off the base of that S into the knee of the curve and that steep sleek back. And so draw this line up from left to right, that steep part of the curve. And that's the sweet spot. And what happens there is whereas at the launch point growth was happening, but it felt very slow in the sweet spot, things are going to feel very fast because you're, you're accelerating into competence and confidence. The first phase of the sweet spot is the accelerator phase, mm-hmm. where it, it looks and feels fast and it's very exciting. It's still not exactly part of who you are and your identity, but you're quickly getting there. And the fourth stage is that metamorph, where like metamorphosis, it sounds like a superhero and it should because you're changing dramatically, but it's really where the caterpillar becomes a butterfly and it's no longer that thing you do, it's becoming who you are. And this is, again, that part of the curve where the growth feels fast, it is fast. It's exhilarating. Everything's hard, but not too hard. It's definitely easy, but it's not yet too easy. And then you get to the third phase. And this is the mastery phase of the curve. And this is the part of the curve that has two portions. Again, the anchor phase where it has become who you are. You've anchored this in your identity. You're no longer running. You are a runner. You're no longer writing. You are a writer. You're no longer a singer. You know, singing. You are a singer. You're no longer trying to become a CEO. You are a CEO. And so you're anchoring that behavior in you and you pause and you reflect and you go to Harbor and say, look at what I did and you celebrate it. But because growth is our default setting, after that, you have to pick up the anchor, set sail again, and mixing our metaphors dramatically, you become (laughs) a mountaineer. Mm -hmm. You're at the top of the mountain. You keep climbing because again, we all desire to grow and that's the top of the curve. And then you go back down to the launch point and become an explorer again. And what I argue is that we talk about peak performance, but I believe that peak performance is actually that ability to navigate the entire growth cycle, to navigate a launch point, to move into the sweet spot, to move into mastery. And when you get to mastery, start that growth cycle all over again. And the more quickly and more competently you can move through growth cycles, 
the more quickly and effectively you can grow. And when we're growing, we're not dying. And when we're growing, we are happy. That's the S-curve of learning in brief. Within each phase, as you just talked about, there are sort of some distinctive things that happen, some characteristics that you talked about. There's also frustrations and thrills. Where do people get stuck if they get stuck at all, Whitney? We don't get stuck in the sweet spot. I think, uh, let's start there. I think the challenge in the sweet spot is maintaining your focus is Mm. because you are so competent, you can get derailed because you can get distracted because you can be so good at what you're doing more and more people ask you to do things. First of all, we get stuck at the launch point because we're starting something new. It's overwhelming and it's challenging and we get impatient because we should be able to Mm. do it faster. I think that we get stuck there because we sometimes give up too quickly because it's hard. We think, oh, I should should just give up. The goals that I have with this book and with this work is to really normalize that experience you're having. With COVID, for example, we were all pushed onto a brand new S curve. Mm -hmm. And by understanding that, yes, this is normal. It's not that you're not growing. It's not that you're not changing. It's just that you're at the launch point. It's not obvious. And so just be patient with yourself and allow yourself to be awkward and uncomfortable. And so I think that's the place that people get stuck is we don't allow ourselves to be awkward. And then the other place we get stuck is in mastery, where we can get very good at something, maybe even something that we don't care about being good at, but it's very scary to be uncomfortable again. And so we just sort of stay there and stay there and stay there and stay there. (laughs) And I actually have this hypothesis, being a person who's lost a job, my hypothesis is that when we lose a job, when we get laid off and you know, 15% of the workforce in the United States and it's higher during the pandemic loses their job every year. I believe that we do because we're either at the top of the curve or on the wrong curve, which is now the wrong, you know, the top of the curve. And we wouldn't jump, we wouldn't do something new. And so the universe gave us a nudge. And so that's the other place that we get stuck Mm -hmm. is that we know there's something more, but it's scary to jump. And so we stay there (laughs) until we get pushed. You, in my definition, have had multiple S-curves, as I think we all do. And you just talked about being scared and having to get out of that comfort zone. How did you get out of your own comfort zone? Sometimes we get pushed. Let me give you one example of my getting pushed, and then I'll give you an example of when I I chose to jump. When I was working on Wall Street, I, I was an investment banker. My boss had gotten fired and they probably would have fired me too, but I had good performance reviews and I was pregnant. So that was super helpful. <laughs> they did not fire me, but they shoved me into equity research, which is basically like going from flying a fighter jet to a cargo plane. So ego takes a huge hit. Wow. I got disrupted. But what's interesting about that is that it turned out to be a career maker for me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we get disrupted, it's the best thing that can happen to us. Yes. So that would be the first thing is sometimes we don't get out of our own way. We just get pushed onto a new curve. And that's a huge gift. And in fact, I would argue again, back to COVID, post-traumatic growth, we are going to see so much personal growth. It's not the great resignation. It's the great aspiration. And it's a very exciting time. Now, in terms of how do I get out of my own way when I'm at the top of a curve? One of the things that I do is I say to myself, when I have the luxury of not jumping and I'm not getting pushed is I use Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky's loss aversion theory. And instead of thinking about all the wonderful things that will happen if I'm willing to jump to a new curve or keep climbing, I think about the bad things that will happen to me if I don't. 
because what they say is that we're more motivated by what we lose than by what we gain. And so sometimes it's okay to just say to ourselves, if I don't go do that new thing, I am going to have serious regret. Mm -hmm. I am going to be really sad if I don't. And also I might lose my job too. So Mm -hmm. maybe I should just do it myself. So one of the ways I motivate myself is by thinking about what I'll lose if I don't go do that new thing. Yeah. You raise an interesting point that I'm wondering, nobody can really do the S-curve alone. When you're climbing that curve, who helped you climb the S-curve? I think about the S-curve as like a mountain and you climb that mountain. And then the question is, what are the weather patterns? Because if it's sunny, it's a lot easier than if it's snowing. And so one of the key members of my ecosystem is my truth teller, aka my husband. I think that that has definitely made that possible. But other people that have made it possible are my first boss, the one who gave me that shot of moving from secretary to investment banker. Clayton Christensen, absolutely by giving me an opportunity to work with him and to support me in taking these ideas and moving them from products and services to individuals. And then I think right now I have this wonderful business partner. Her name is Amy Humble, who is really good at things that I'm not good at. And so it's very complimentary Mm -hmm. in terms of, of building a business. And so to your point though, Liz, I think that none of us move up an S curve by ourselves. And if we think that we do, Um, No matter how difficult or challenging our circumstances are, then we are truly delusional. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Whitney, you you write that to want to grow is human, but Mm -hmm. life has a way of muffling our innate desire to learn. As adults, we often find ourselves stagnant or bored at work and in our personal lives. You also believe that we're pre-programmed for success. What does that mean? I just feel so strongly about this, Liz, that we're wired to grow. We just are. Like it's, it's part of our DNA that we want to grow. It's our default setting. If a person, if you or I are not growing, and you know, we use that word muffling, there's something that's happened. Sometimes the circumstances have made it so it's very difficult, but there's something that has happened where we stop believing that growth is possible for us. Sometimes we're in really challenging work environments and we feel like there is no growth upside for me. If in fact that's the case, that is a very strong predictor that we will be jumping to a new curve because we need to feel like there is growth upside for us. Mm -hmm. We all want to grow. And so if we're not growing, I think at a fundamental level, we somehow believe that we can't grow. And so we need to look at why are we believing that and then start to do the work to change what we're believing, disrupt our mindset, and or put ourselves in a situation where the weather patterns, where there's an ecosystem that makes it possible to grow. I always believe it's about us, the buck stops with us, but then we have to make sure that we're choosing the ecosystem that we're in that will also make it possible for us to grow. And I think it also comes back to we have to give ourselves permission to grow and to get unstuck in some situations. Absolutely. It's really hard to do. And as if you weren't busy enough, you also host your own podcast called Disrupt Yourself. Who are your guests and where can people find your show? You can go to WhitneyJohnson.com and you can find it, or you can Google Disrupt Yourself podcast. Some of our recent guests have been Mike Rowe, who was a host of Dirty Jobs. We had Perry Kramer on, who was formerly the Mm -hmm. CEO of Baxter Healthcare. We had John Tesh on, who formerly was at Entertainment Tonight. Yeah. We've had Brene Brown, and those are names that you might know, but I also try to have people on that I think are 
interesting and and people don't know who they are. Like Emma McAdam, who does psychology and mental health. She's big on YouTube. A guy named Steve Bullock, who's at Fidelity, but loves golf. And so he moneyballed golf. If there's a story, there's some type of personal disruption taking place or something that will help us disrupt ourselves, then we end up having them on as guests. I love it. You call it disruption. And I say, hey, let's just move on to the next chapter. So it's the, <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Your new book, again, is called Smart Growth, How to Grow Your People to Grow Your Company. And it's not just a business book, folks. It's also a personal book that I think you'll learn a lot from. And you can also learn more about all of Whitney's projects and all of her books and all the great transformation work that she's doing at WhitneyJohnson.com. That's WhitneyJohnson.com. Whitney, I'm so glad that you were able to join me today and and to show us that to live our best life often takes us on a journey of several S-curves along the way. I love that. Thank you, Liz, for having me. And thanks to all of you for listening. I invite you to subscribe to this show, share it with your friends and colleagues, even write a review. I love hearing from you. And remember, you get to choose whether to grow or not. I hope that you'll make that choice to step back from who you are, where you are, and become who you really want to be. Until next time, be well. This podcast is brought to you in part by Fast Twitch Media, helping people tell their stories and giving them worldwide reach. The future is in the cloud and Fast Twitch Media can take you there. Be your best digital self. Check out fasttwitchmedia.space.